Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. What's up? What's up? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Everyone say happy Sunday. Excited, excited to be in church. How's everybody doing today? Can I get an amen? Welcome. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor. How many of y'all are here in all the campuses? If you're here for the first time, just raise your hand up. Let's give those people. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Amen. God bless y'all. We want to uh, welcome you. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor. And I uh, want to welcome all our campuses, City Heights. Everyone say City Heights. Say San Isidro. Say East County. San Marcos. Uh, we, have, we have people in prison and juvenile hall. We want to welcome all of y'all and all the people in the military as well and our micro sites all over. So God bless all y'all. Let's give all people a big hand. God bless y'all. Uh, and let me say to the uh, people in prison, um, God is there with you. He loves you very much and we love you very much. So God bless y'all and your families as well and the military as well. Uh, let's get on our knees and pray. And God would do something amazing in our life today. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Um, I pray you speak to us. I pray you prepare our hearts for your message. I pray that you challenge people deeply today. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you better get ready. Uh, before we start, I want to share something that happened yesterday. We, had, we have our weekly prayer meeting every Saturday on all our campuses. And if you have a need that you want God to break through, a breakthrough in, I want to encourage you to come prayer Saturday. I was at City Heights yesterday praying. Um, I would go to different campuses every week. We also had uh, five, all of our campuses um, team members f cleaning up all around San Diego. And so we want to show some stats with you. How many people were out there cleaned up yesterday? Amen. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Y'all had a good time. I was, out, I was out in OB. This one was, I went to this one, 180 volunteers, 261 bags of trash, 4,583 cubic feet of weeds pulled. Let's give them a hand. Point Loma here at campus. Amen. Next one is City Heights. 448 volunteers, 315 trees. 315 trees planted in two hours, 61 bags of trash. Let's give them a big hand. City Heights, City Heights. Amen, amen. San Marcos, San Marcos, 68 volunteers, 1,800 feet of irrigation pipes laid, 55 bags of trash. Amen, let's give, it, let's give them a hand. Amen. Uh, East County, Lakeside River Park, Conservancy, 85 volunteers cleared and realigned a half a mile of rocks along the trail and spread 11,500 pounds of mulch. Let's give them a big hand. East County. San Ysidro campus, we're at San Ysidro High School, 98 volunteers, uh, team members, painted the teacher's lounge, planted flowers and vegetation, uh, power washed the sidewalks. Let's give them a big hand. San Ysidro. Amen, 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 amen. Awesome, and I, and I know when you, um, when you do something for God, your faith does this. You are not, you are not going to grow in your relationship with God if all you do is collect information. You are, that, that, it's not that, you are supposed to have a relationship, and in that relationship, God wants to do something. 
Amen. This is one of those things. So I want to encourage you next time we do something like this, uh, you could also go to life class and, and find out what ministry you belong into. Amen. Amen. Okay. The Bible says in Genesis 126 that God made us in his image. Why? He made us in his image and he made us so we can have relationship with him. Just like when you have a child. The reason you have a child is so you can have relationship with the child. God made you and I so he can have relationship. He made us in his image like this glove is made in the image of a hand. So a hand can fit inside and have relationship with the glove. If this glove did not have a hand in it, it could not do anything. It needs the hand to go in it. So it was designed in the shape of a hand so the hand can fit inside. God made you and I in his image so he can live inside of us and have relationship. Today we're going to start a series called Relationship Goals, and we're going to talk about the goals of all of our relationships. We're going to talk about today the Trinity and, the, and what we can learn from the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's going to be the foundation of all the relationship messages we have. We're going to talk about marriage relationships, dating relationships. We're going to talk about uh, when you have the wrong relationship with sexual behavior, how it rewires your brain in about a month, four weeks from now or so. We're going to talk about being violated. People have been molested, male and female, what that does to you and how to... God can bring healing into that. So I want to talk about all these relationships. But today I want to talk about your relationship. Um, the foundation of all relationships is the relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's define relationship. Relationship is how two or more objects or people relate or interact with each other. How two or more objects or people, when I say object, you, you, you and your dog can have a relationship. How do you interact with each other? I personally have an inherent fear, not fear, but kind of eh with dogs. Okay? I actually love dogs. Dogs that are friendly to me, I'm friendly to them. But at first, I am hesitant because I've been bit. My brother's been bit. I've seen dogs attack. So I'm like, okay, let me first make sure we're cool. So my relationship is hesitant at first, but then I really embrace them once I know that they're, but I'm always like leery, okay? So how, how do you relate to people? How do you relate to your friends? How do you relate to your boss? How do you relate to employees? How do you relate to classmates, teacher, etc.? How do you relate to God? How do you and God interact? What's the foundational principles of how you should interact? What is your relationship with the devil? I tweeted out one day, what is your relationship with the devil? And someone said, I don't have one. Yes, you do. He's your enemy. The Bible says, do you have a relationship with him? The Bible says that he is your destroyer, your accuser. He's a liar, a murderer. He's your enemy. So you need to know that he is after you. You need to know your... Now, relationship doesn't mean, oh, we're friends. It doesn't mean we're dating. It doesn't mean we're going to have marriage. It's just how two people interact towards each other or behave each other. And every person you know, you have a relationship with. And some of y'all have relationships with people you don't know. And what I mean by that, you see them on TV or you see them wherever. You don't know them, but you talk about them and you have this imaginary relationship with them. They're, I shouldn't say imaginary. It's at a distance. So however you react with them and you talk about them. So, so how should your relationships be conducted? We're going to talk about that today. And, and as we talk about this, I want you to think about one relationship. A spouse, uh, uh, someone you're dating, someone you want to date, 
uh, someone you're not getting along with. I just want you to, uh, to make it simple. Just think about one relationship as we go through the, the, today anyway. And compare how that relationship is being conducted to what we talk about today. Because what we're going to talk about today is how the Father relates to the Son and the Holy Spirit. How they relate with each other because they are the perfect relationship. The Bible says that we have one God with three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Think about the Trinity this way. There's three persons or personalities with three different functions that all are united. Ah, when someone gets married, the Bible says the two shall become one. The devil wants to make the one two. God wants the two to become one. The devil wants the two to become, the, the one to become two. That's divorce. So the God says, I want to show the world what it means for two people to love each other so much that they become one. Okay? Because the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. They have different roles. Think about it this way. Think about a construction project. And one person says, here's the plan for the construction project, we're going to make them all. And this guy designs them all. Then he sends someone else from the company to sign the contract with the city to build them all. And then he sends someone else from the company to actually build them all. So God the Father, in general terms, had the plan of salvation. He sent his son to sign the contract with his blood. And then his son left and sent the Holy Spirit to actually bring it out in our life. They have three different roles, but they're all, all God. All three of them are all powerful. All three of them are all knowing. All three of them are eternal. Think about it. In, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, here's how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven. And many times Jesus prayed to the Father. Well, the Father's God. Then the Bible says in John 1, 1 that the word was, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And then and in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, Jesus is God. Then in Acts chapter 5, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. And then it says they lied to God. The Holy Spirit is God. And so each one of them is God, but they have different roles and they had to relate to each other. And so what can we learn about how they related to each other and apply that to our lives? Because let me tell you something, those principles apply to all of our lives. Are you following me? Okay, so number one in your notes, here's what I want you to write down. I want you to write down this number one in your notes as your first relationship goal. It's a common relationship goal. You must have a common relationship goal to fulfill God's purposes in your life. I want you to think about that relationship in your life. Are you committed to fulfilling God's purposes in your life? Turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33 and 34. I want you to think about this. Whatever relationship you have, do you both look at each other and say, we are both committed to fulfilling God's purposes in this relationship? Now, let me back up one step. I want to challenge you to think about your relationship with yourself. When you look in the mirror, do you love yourself? You hate yourself. Do you doubt yourself? Do you resent yourself? Do you trust God loves you and that you have a purpose and he has a purpose in your life? In San Diego, uh, 400 plus people a year kill themselves. And many more attempt but don't succeed. That's just a small tip of the iceberg of the people in San Diego and every city around the world who have something negative about themselves. 
Because the devil has planted a lie in their heart that they have believed. It's not a kingdom of God truth. It's a satanic lie about your self-worth, that there is none. It is very important for you to understand your relationship with you because you talk to yourself all day long. You have conversation with you all day. And so do you like you? Do you enjoy you? Do, you? do you value who God made in you and what he has for you? Because remember, he made you in his purpose and he, in his image, and he made you for his purposes. So where are you at with that? Because if you don't know your purpose, someone else will give you a purpose. And if you're not living God's purpose for your life, you are going to live a subpar purpose, one which will never, ever fulfill you, never be fulfilled. And so the first thing you have to do is, do I believe in God's purpose for my life? And, and, and then in this relationship, do, I, do we have agreement? Again, your spouse, your friend, your teacher, even in your teacher, do we have an agreement on what this relationship is about? You are going to teach me math. I am not good at math. This is not me. This is you because I'm not, I am good at math. But you are going to, okay, let's do it English. You are going to teach me English. I hated English. You're going to teach me English and I'm not good at English. I don't like English. But let's, let's agree on the purpose. I just want to pass. I don't need to get an A, I just want to pass. And the teacher says, no, 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 I want you to get an A. And I was like, well, no, we're not on the same page right now. Because it's going to take me way longer to get an A than I want to really expend. Now, we got to agree on a purpose, are you following me? And so do, do, are you on the same page? With, look what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Can you imagine in whatever relationship you've identified, even if it's just you, that you say to that person or yourself in the mirror, I want to seek God's purpose in my life. Say that with me out loud. I'll say it once more, and then I'll have you repeat it with me. Here's what you're going to say. I want to seek God's purpose for my life. One, two, three. I want to seek God's purpose for my life. If every day when you woke up, you said, God, I want to seek, I want to fulfill your purpose for my life. Not I'm going to get up and just kind of go to work. I want to seek your purpose for my life. Do you know when the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit created the heavens and the earth, they all had the same purpose? It wasn't like the father was trying to create the heavens and be beautiful and everything good. The plants were good. The water was good. The fish was good. The, the birds were good. The, the, the land animals, the bugs were good. The man was good. Everything was good. It wasn't like two of them were saying it's good. No one was saying, ah, it's not what I really had in mind. They all had the same purpose. Do you know that when they, when they, when they, when they planned and executed the plan of salvation, they all had the same purpose? The father said, look, Jesus, you're going to die. And then after you die... You're going to rise from the dead, and you're going to walk around 40 days, and you're going to ascend, and then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live in them so they can live like you did. It's not like the Holy Spirit said, I don't like that plan. You know, no one ever says my name. I'm a dove. I'm not really a dove. And, you know, no one listens to me. I, I, I'm, not get, I'm not feeling that. Why don't let me go down and walk around and let Jesus go in their heart, and I want to die on the cross. No, no, no. That's not, what the plan is we want, to deliver, we want to deliver people from their sin, and this is how it's going to go. They all say, okay, we're all on agreement. Are you all following me? Can you imagine if you said to this person in your life, are you on the same page that we need to fulfill God's purpose in this relationship? If it's dating, we want to honor God with our relationship. If you're my boss, I want you to help me be best at my job. If, if you're my teacher, I want you to help me 
you know, get a, uh, let's agree on what grade I'm trying to get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't want to get an A, but, you know, just, just between you and God. But here's the here's agreement that we're on, on the same page. You should even go up to your teacher and say, are we on the same page? Because I, I, I was an engineering student in college, and I had a, uh, a, um, a teacher, Dr. Saras, I still remember his name, and he believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I had him for thermodynamics, I had him for dynamics, uh, uh, thermodynamics and uh, I think biochemistry or something like that. And I, every time I go back to my school, I go visit him. He's still there. Well, he was there three years ago when I was there. And, he, and I was talking to him one day about another student in the class who got A's and everything. And he, my teacher told me I was smarter than him. No, he did. He says, you, you have more talent than him. And, and I didn't believe him. I, I really still don't believe him. I was like... Really, he saw something in me that I did not see in myself. We had different, I was just trying to survive, right? And, 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 and we had different, and I, it was so encouraging when he told me, I wish I would have asked him that in the beginning of the semester. <laughs> but imagine if you went up to your teacher and said, let's, let's, let's establish the purpose here. The purpose of here is I want to I get an A, or I want to do really good at my job, or I want this relationship to work. My wife and I, before we got saved, our relationship was up and down, up and down. I remember us having conversations. Where is this relationship going? What are we doing? And a lot of y'all may be in relationships with yourself or other people where it's not going anywhere. It's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. It's dysfunctional. It's not going anywhere. And you just live with it. God's like, that's not what I want. That's not a kingdom of God relationship. So you can just sit down and have a conversation and say, can we agree that this, this relationship needs to be a kingdom, have a kingdom of God a purpose? In other words, it needs to be aligned with the kingdom of God and the word of God. It needs to be full of peace and love and joy. Matter of fact, the Bible says if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything will be added. What's everything? Peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, clarity. Align it with God. Just have that conversation. Have a conversation with yourself. Number two in your notes. Number two, every relationship needs to have a common relationship goal to honor one another. To honor. Do you know the father, and what I mean by this in honor is that you honor the role that that other person has in the kingdom of God. The Father established a plan of salvation. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, when the fullness of time came, he sent his son to die. And then he said, he sent the Holy Spirit. That was his role. The, the son said, I'm going to go die. That was his role. Holy Spirit says, I'm going to go and live in everybody's heart, and I'm going to remind them of what you said, and, I'm gonna, uh, and point them to Jesus. That's his role. They all had a specific role. And they didn't try to do the other one's role. What is your role in the kingdom? I went to a conference 30 years ago. And it was about 60 people in this conference. And they had workshops. And one of the workshops was on evangelism. So I had this, I like doing evangelism. And, I, and so I said, I want to go to this workshop to find out what evangelism is. <laughs> And I remember going to the workshop, and nobody came to the workshop but me. <laughs> now, as, a, as someone who does workshops at conferences, I'm like, you know, you want people to come. 
but you don't know who's going to come until they come or don't come because people don't really sign up. They just come. And I was the only one that came. And I was like, man, that's messed up for him, but really good for me. So we had this whole room to ourselves, me and this one guy, and he was teaching on evangelism. And I remember sitting there, his name was Al Jansen. He worked at Focus on the Family at the time. This is like 30-something years ago. And we just sat looking at each other, and he revealed to me, based on his workshop content, that my role in the kingdom was an evangelist. I did not know that. I remember walking out down the hall, just, I'm an evangelist. I'm an evangelist. It was so clear. What is your role in the kingdom of God? Because if you don't know, the devil will give you a perverted one. And people will give you a perverted one. People say, well, can you do this? People say to me, Pastor, can you counsel? Nope, I'm an evangelist. <laughs> can, you, can you do this? No, I'm an evangelist. Can you come over? No, I'm an evangelist. And, and people are going to pull you because what they want, I need to talk to you. No, you don't. You don't need to talk to me. I'm an evangelist. <laughs> I, 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 we get it all the time. I have to. I have to. You, only you can pray for me. No, 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 no. Because if, if I counsel you, here's how the counseling session is going to go. You need to get saved. You need to get saved. Why? Because I'm an evangelist. A hammer hits nails. If you try to use a hammer on a screw, it's going to do this. It's not going to do this. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 20. It says, <laughs> 12, <laughs> verse 20. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, man, my Bible doesn't have that. I, I, got, I got to get an updated Bible. No, I was wrong. <laughs> Honey, we got to go to the bookstore. I think we are down here. I think they updated the word. It says, <laughs> verse 20. It says, chapter 12, verse 20. 1 Corinthians 12, 20. Now indeed there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary and those members of the body which we think are less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body having given greater honor to the parts which lack it. It goes on and on and on. You, the bo this is the body of Christ. You are a part of the body. You are not, not part of the body. If you've asked Christ to be your savior, so are you a hand? Then act like a hand. If you are a hand trying to be a mouth, you are going to fail. Because hands cannot talk like mouths. They participate in talking. You can communicate to some degree with sign language. But, it's, but, but, but it's a hand is meant to do things a mouth cannot do. And a mouth is meant to do things a hand cannot do. If you are a foot trying to be an eye, you cannot do that. If you are an eye trying to be an ear, you cannot do that. And if you do not know your role in the kingdom, no one else is going to know your role in the kingdom and not going to treat you as such because no one knows it because you don't even know it. And by the way, if you do not know your role in the kingdom and you are an eye waking up every day trying to be a mouth, you are going to wake up every day and go to bed every day frustrated. Because you're going to be trying to talk, 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 and your eyes going, I don't know how to talk, I'm an eye. I am... One of the things I am is a mouth. So I'm not naturally, you know, like when I have counsel friends that just love to listen. 
that's just not me. I mean, I listen, but I'm not, like, I don't get energized by listening. I get energized by talking. Is that bad? Absolutely not. It's the way God created me. Not only did he create me like that, he had me grow up in New York where it was just like, like on steroids. <laughs> because we're just like so combatively talkers. His design. If you don't know your design, you're going to wake up every day frustrated. And you're going to try to get satisfaction out of work out of sin, out of sexual promiscuity, out of drugs. You're going to try to fill that emptiness all these different ways. And God's saying, you have the wrong relationship with yourself. And in your dating relationships, you always think, why do I, why do I always attract these knuckleheads? Because those knuckleheads somehow think they're compatible with you. <laughs> because you're not walking in your, you're not, you don't know your role in the kingdom. One of the purposes of life class is to help you understand your purpose, your role, your design. So you can understand, because every single one of you was designed for something. You were not designed just to go to work. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, your work didn't even exist. He had something eternally planned for you, for the spiritual battle that you're in. Now, it doesn't mean you don't go do your job. If you're a truck driver, yet God's called you to be an evangelist, and you know you're an evangelist, you're going to wake up jacked up to go drive that truck. Because you're going to meet somebody on the 5, or if you're on the East Coast, on the 95. Or if you're driving on the 10, going across the country on the 40. And you're going to meet somebody, and God's going to say, there's your, your mission for today. Share the gospel with them. You're like, yeah, home when you're going to walk over there. And by the way, yes, I'm stereotyping truck drivers, okay? <laughs> Don't be offended. Just embrace it. And you're going to go over and you're going to say, hey, and you're going to go over there and share your gospel because you know that's your purpose. The truck is just the vehicle, no pun intended. <laughs> but if you don't know your purpose, you're getting up like this. Yeah, I got to go to work today. God created you to live inside of you and give you life. So why are you getting up like that? Because you're stifling God. He's trying to flow through you to build and grow the kingdom of God on earth. And you don't know how. If you don't have that relationship with God and that right relationship with his call in your life, every relationship you have will be skewed. It will be less than. My wife needs to know, and she does, that I'm an evangelist. So she could pray for that and support that. If she's like, I, mean, I don't like the fact you're an evangelist, we got problems. Like in any relationship, because that's what God has called me to be. God has called her as a support to me. What has God called you to? That is the most exciting role you can have in your life. And I'm going to say something that some of you moms are not going to like. Some of you moms have come to worship motherhood over God. Yeah, motherhood is, I don't know job harder than that, but you need God. <laughs> Probably the only hard job harder than that is loving your man. Because <laughs> he's a knucklehead. Can I get amen, ladies? Amen. amen. <laughs> I just felt some hip in that. 
I don't know if you've ever taken a picture with women. I take pictures with women all the time. You know, I take a picture, and inevitably, in 99% of the pictures I take with women, I feel this. Right before the picture's taken, uh. I said, the hip is coming, the hip is coming. Uh. And when y'all just said what you just said, I just felt that. What is your purpose? Look at number three in your notes. In every relationship you have, you have a common relationship goal to glorify God, not yourself. Everyone say it's not about me. You want to lessen the stress in your life? Believe that with all your heart. You are not that important. It's not about you. The devil wants you to think it's about you. The devil wants to keep boasting you. Look at, look at how talented you are. Look how good looking you are. Look at all the, the, the contribution you make. Look at all the money you have. Look at this. Look at how much education you have. Please. It's so many more people better looking than you. Can I get amen? Amen. Okay. My wife asks me sometimes on a regular basis, there'd be a lady on TV every month, probably not every month, but she's here, so I'll say every month just to mess with her. There's a new chick on TV that she'll say to me, you think she's cute? (laughs) Now, fellas, just in case you don't know, That is a trap, (laughs) just in case you don't know. And and my wife, she she asked me, it's very strategic because I could feel the question coming because there's a certain tremor (laughs) that happens right before, and there's a body language, I can even see out of the corner of my eyes, she'll, she'll just position herself where she can see my face when she asks the question. She never asked a question from behind me. She'll just move into position and say, so you think she's cute? I'm trying to think about why I brought that question, that answer. I, I really just forgot. I just forgot. <laughs> I'll remember, and it's going to be good, because it was really good, the reason I brought it up. Oh, oh, here's why. (laughs) Yeah, there's always somebody prettier. There's always somebody prettier. There's always someone smarter. And my answer to to my wife is, um, do you think she's pretty? (laughs) Fellas, you never... Whatever you can do to not answer the question, do that. But however, my wife and I, and I tell, there are beautiful people everywhere. There's always going to be someone younger, smarter, more talented. It's not about that. 
It's about you being what God called you to be. And you glorifying God with what he has given you. And if you've ever said, well, if I had that, <laughs> I can't tell you how many pastors, <laughs> they want this. I was like, you don't know what you're saying. Just be faithful with what you have. And by the way, there's other pastors with churches that are the size of the sports arena. And I look at that and go, wow, I can't imagine the responsibility of that guy or that woman. Be faithful with what you have. That's all you're going to be measured on. Look what it says. Let me just read a couple to you. Our time is running out. Has the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all glorified each other. John 16, 13. Let's read that first. It's going to be on the screen. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak in his own authority, but whatever he speaks, he will tell you the things to come. And then it says in verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. John 17, verse 1 to 5. Jesus spoke these things. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he has given eternal life to as many as you have given him. The father glorified the son. The son glorified the father. The Holy Spirit glorified the son. They kept deferring to the other one. None of them said, look at me. And if you're in a relationship, if you could say to this person, is our relationship, are we committed and clear about the kingdom of God purpose of our relationship? Why are we in relationship? Number one. Number two, what is your role in the kingdom? How can I encourage that role, your role in the kingdom? Imagine if you, as a servant, said to the people in your life, I want to know your, your purpose in the kingdom of God. If you don't know, go to life class, take a gift test, find out what your purpose is, and I want to help you. And number three, Let's glorify God. Let's make God look good in, in our relationship and in our body. Look what it says in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we'll end with this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, verse 18. It says, flee sexual immorality. We're going to talk more about relationships and sexual stuff starting next week. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. He who commits sexual sin is against the body. Some of y'all think all sin is the same. It's not. It says it right there. Every sin. But sexual sin is against the body. It's different. And then it says in verse 19, and we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Everybody say, you and I am not my own. You were bought with a price. Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead to have, give you an opportunity to have a relationship with God. He paid for your salvation, for your sin, with his blood. And then it says, therefore, I want to say therefore. Therefore is, is a transition from the theoretical to the practical. Because you were lost a sinner with no hope and Jesus died to give you an opportunity to be saved. Therefore, because of that, glorify God in your body. Everyone do this. Just tap your shoulder three times like that. One, two, three. One, two, three. Listen, listen. Do it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it and listen. Keep doing it and listen. You hear that? Say amen if you hear that. Some of y'all are like. 
I don't want to break. I don't want to break. <laughs> glorify God with this. Say only what glorifies him. Don't slander your brother. That's the equivalent of murder. Don't gossip. Don't lie. Don't look lustfully. Don't listen to stuff that you shouldn't hear. Garbage that goes in your head and creates sinful thoughts. Glorify God with this. Use it in a way that honors him. Not honors you. That fulfills his purpose, not yours. In a minute we're going to pray. And give you an opportunity to say, Lord, I want to establish a relationship with you. A right one. I want you to come in my life and fill me up. And use me the way you see fit so I can fulfill your kingdom purpose. And some of you have asked him to come in your life and you are fighting him. You are the glove that doesn't want to comply with the hand. Stop. You can't beat God. You just can't. So I'm going to ask all of you in all the campuses in prison and in the military and on microsites, wherever you are, just bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very carefully. God wants a relationship, a life-giving relationship with you. And if you would like to establish or re-establish that relationship by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and asking him to come live in your heart. It's not a religious thing. It's a relationship thing. It's a oneness with God thing. I want you to pray this prayer with me, and the prayer is not magical. It's simply you stating by faith that you understand the parameters of the relationship, that God is God and you and I are not, that we are sinful and he is holy, and that we are surrendering our life to him. So in the privacy of your heart, if you would like to ask Christ to be your savior and establish a relationship with Jesus, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe that you love me. I believe that you died and rose from the dead for my sin. And I want to have a relationship with you. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart. Fill me with the Spirit of God. The enemy caught a song called Espiritu Santo. I surrender my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in whatever campus you're in, whether you're in the prison watching or you're watching online, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand and acknowledge that you asked Christ to be your Savior. Some of you prayed that prayer because you just want to renew your submission to the hand and the glove the Spirit of God in your life. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand, and by standing, you are declaring in public, yes, I am surrendering my life to Jesus. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And again, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. One, two, 
Three, just stand to your feet if you pray that. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. Eyes closed. Heads bowed. Just stand up. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. We see you in the balcony. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now I'm going to ask all y'all who are standing in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. So right now, if you're standing up, come out of your seat. Come on down to the altar, and let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen. 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 Let's give them a hand. Come on. Let's encourage them all the way down to the front. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Stay right here, brother. Okay, good. Good. Amen. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there, brother. God bless you. <laughs> How are you? God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 Let me say a couple things. For the next month or so, our Easter's coming up in like four or five weeks. I want you to focus on what we're talking about. Because if this is the foundational principles of life, it's relationships, how we get along with people, there are people in your life who are going to steer you in the right way. People in your life are going to steer you in the wrong way. And all it takes is one wrong relationship and one moment in that relationship to destroy your whole life. Versus saying, God, my relationship with you is key, so you guide me. Do I trust this person? Do I trust that piece of advice? That's the whole Bible. You know, the Bible says, love God with your heart, mind, and soul. You know what that means? Obey. Do what he says. That's all it means. Do what he says. You can't, you can't know what he says and do what he says without a relationship. So God loves every single one of you, and he knows everything, everything. And he's like, I love you. I'm ready to go. Let's start over. <laughs> and, I have, and all I have is good for you, love for you. I'll work with whatever you have right now, and I'll make it, what is it a whole lot better. That's a fact. Amen? Lord, just pray for all these people down here. I thank you for them. I thank you for what you're speaking to them right now. I thank you for the hope that you are giving them. And I pray supernaturally that you bless them. Bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a right turn and walk this way. Let's give a hand. Hey. Let's take a hand. Let's give a big hand. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hey, can I ask y'all, can I ask y'all a pause for a second? Just just uh, just so you know, this is a little educational note. Our service goes, we have an altar call. And then we cheer them out, and then we have a prayer after that to be dismissed. So the service is not over. I know everyone's trying to beat the traffic. Traffic, let's, let's honor the process. Amen? Amen. So let's give them a hand as they go out. As our pastoral support team comes up, you guys can have a seat as we're closing out. 
But yesterday was a, was a wonderful day here at The Rock. And I just want to just make sure we don't just glance over it. But we had 180 Point Loma family members, team members, joining up to clean the community. We had over 200 people here for an hour on a Saturday seeking out, crying out to the Lord. We had 100 plus people show up at our baptism that happened as well yesterday. And God is alive and doing amazing things here at the Rock Church. Let's just celebrate and thank the Lord for, for that. <clears throat> you know, it's easy to get, it's easy to kind of just uh, get caught up and like, yeah, it happens. But these are real lives, real people. And yesterday during the cleanup or Rock Your City event, we met a guy, we just call him John. And John, we found out while he was cleaning that he came from a home of a, of a lot of abuse. And that abuse led him to, to a life that was unbalanced, and he eventually, eventually found himself in prison. So as John was in prison, the Lord sent somebody to minister to him and plant a seed of the gospel. And when he came out, he wanted to find a place to, to learn more about the Lord, and he eventually came across the rock. And at the rock, he found a place where he could give his life to the Lord, where he could find godly community to where now, instead of serving time, he's serving others. Amen. Amen. So don't miss out these chances that, that, that we have here to, to serve and be a part of what God is doing here. We're going to put up a verse right now that I want us to read together in loud voice. So I'll get it started. If you guys can just join me as we, as we get it going, we move into this time of giving. So I'll start it off, and you guys can join me in a loud voice. It says, each of you should give what he has decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a what giver? How? How? So let's thankfully, cheerfully enjoy this time as we transition into, into giving. And, you know, if you're going to give, you might as well have a good attitude about it. Right? I send my, my kids out to, well, my wife will go, honey, can you take out the trash? And I say, absolutely. And I go, Diego, can you take out the trash? And Diego's going to take out the trash. Now, he can do it with a good attitude or he can do it reluctantly. But it's so much better when I ask my son with a good attitude to take out the trash. And it's just, you know what? When we do things cheerfully and we do things with a good heart, it makes a big difference. And we should give cheerfully because God is a good God. Because God loves us and God has blessed us exponentially. And there's several ways that we can give here cheerfully in this envelope. If you want to pull it out, you can give online. You can set that up. All the instructions are here. You can give via text as well. You can also give using this envelope. At every exit, you will find a box and where you can deposit this. So before we do that, let's just take a 30 seconds or so to stand quietly before the Lord. Sit quietly before the Lord and, and see how he would speak to you to participate in what he's doing. We'll close up with a prayer. Lord, thank you for a chance to partner with what you're doing, Lord. And thank you for blessing us abundantly so we can give what's already yours to you with a cheerful, loving heart. We ask that you bless all that comes in. You bless those that give, Lord. And if those aren't there yet, I pray that they would taste and see that you're good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the Lord richly bless you guys. Have a wonderful Sunday. We'll see you next week.
spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory.
If I told you my story, you would hear hope. They wouldn't let go. And if I told you my story, you would hear love. But never gave up. And if I told you my story, you would hear life, but it wasn't mine. If I should speak, then let it be of the grace that is greater than all my sin of winter. Draws me in. Oh.
This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken Generation When all is dark You help us See There is only One salvation We believe We believe We believe in God the Father We believe Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion, we believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We
Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. What's up? What's up? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Everyone say happy Sunday. Excited, excited to be in church. How's everybody doing today? Can I get an amen? Welcome. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor. How many of y'all are here in all the campuses? If you're here for the first time, just raise your hand up. Let's give those people. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Amen. God bless y'all. We want to uh, welcome you. My name is Miles. I'm the pastor. And I uh, want to welcome all our campuses, City Heights. Everyone say City Heights. Say San Isidro. Say East County. San Marcos. Uh, we, have, we have people in prison and juvenile hall. We want to welcome all of y'all and all the people in the military as well. And our mic. I surrender my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in whatever campus you're in, whether you're in the prison watching or you're watching online, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand and acknowledge that you asked Christ to be your Savior. Some of you prayed that prayer because you just want to renew your submission to the hand and the glove the Spirit of God in your life. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand, and by standing, you are declaring in public, yes, I am surrendered.